0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law hey trojan fans it's time to get into the huddle with the peristyle podcast the peristyle podcast is your weekly ticket to usc football and recruiting news don't forget you can download the podcast 24 7 at our website com. and now Here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham.
1: Hello Trojan fans, welcome to another edition of the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. We are coming at you live on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Inside Troy. And of course, we're broadcast across the Peristyle Podcast Network. Wherever you listen to podcast, you can find the Peristyle Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham, joined alongside Chris Cervino. We're going to talk about USC facing off against Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. The transfer portal is heating up even more. And we are on the eve of the opening of the early signing period. So lots of roster news we want to get to and then talk about the game. There's actually still a game left, if you guys can believe that and do all that kind of fun stuff here on the Paracel Podcast. If you have any questions or comments for the show, you can email us, podcast at uscfootball.com, or you can call us or text us. Uh, we do have a voicemail today. Got a couple of text messages, 424-254-9141 is the number. We love to hear from you guys. And if you're on the chat right now, if you're watching live on YouTube, if you're watching a replay on YouTube, that's great too. But if you're watching live, if you're watching the replay, you can follow along with the chat as it was going on. But if you're watching live, Put your comments in the chat box. I will do my best to put them up on the screen for you. And if you have any questions, just say "question" in all caps, and I will try to star that and come back to it later. It is like Christmassy time. Chris Trevino, he's got his Christmas sweater on. I'm not gonna call it ugly. It's up to you, to, if you want to say that. I did. He, had, he said, "Let's wear ugly sweaters." I don't have one. I, I need find to that hard one. to believe. I the know. social butterfly
0: that is Ryan Abraham does not have an ugly christmas sweater somewhere in his
1: his closet i find that very hard to believe it's really bad i should have one there's plenty of like bar crawls and stuff christmas bar crawls around hermosa i should have one i think i might have at one point i don't know where it is but uh my bad nice nice job i'm not calling it ugly like you want to show everyone your uh sweater game or here i'll put yeah. you i don't know if you can it's a it's it. like it's like a tyrannosaurus rex yeah it's a, like a dinosaur yeah nice yeah, yeah. tyrannosaurus rex it's got a little it's...
0: scarf on so yeah it's it's
1: legit you should get one because they come in handy during the holidays yeah uh they do i should i definitely need one i had a tie i think i have like an old christmas tie that plays like Eh. santa music or something i know that's just so that's so not um that's so not where we need to be but uh very excited uh for the show before we jump into everything so like i said we're trying to preview a little bit too lane i got some advanced stats to kind of share with you guys but there's been some big transfer portal news uh couple guys leaving but you know major players coming in and joining the program this is crazy roster management time and so we're gonna have you know we'll talk about signing day which is tomorrow the early signing period shouldn't really be any surprises we'll talk about that but um, I will be updating and creating a new scholarship distribution chart for 2023 to kind of keep track of all that stuff going on so I'll be doing that over the holidays I'm working on that right now and we'll have a live tracker of all the players that sign on signing day right now there's 20 commitments Uh, For USC. So we'll kind of get all that kind of stuff out. And uh, we have a question real quick before Kyle is uh, we have some break. You know, we have some, hold on. It's uh... Chris. Well, we have a two-star podcast. So Chris, I'm gonna let you take this one away. Uh, Yes.
0: Everyone has been very excited about two-star this week just because it is national signing day. But as of right now, I think I can announce that (sighs) we are scheduled to do our first, two-star live podcast stream on YouTube like we're doing right now for the Peristyle podcast. We're going to do that Wednesday night. So we're going to take in everything that happens during the craziness of National Signing Day on Wednesday, you know, going to schools. We have Lincoln Riley's Presser uh, in the afternoon. Hmm. And then Gerard is going to be here in the studio. And we're going to do a live composite two-star podcast live stream it's not 24 hours. Um, I don't know how long it'll go. It might go. It might be the, the longest we've done, which I believe it's like three hours and 12 minutes, or something like that. Yeah. So I, I started, I said we go to six. I don't know when we're end. Maybe we'll end up in Thursday. I'm not sure. So we're going to do that. Ryan's going to set it up for us. And then I'm going to be producing it live. That's my first time. Very nervous. But I think we need to do something special for early signing day Uh, Wednesday. So, we're going to give you guys a live podcast. So, I think I hope that doesn't end in disaster,
1: but we're going to try it out. We're going to see what happens. It's going to be awesome. Can you imagine? Like, so when I first met Chris a few years ago, like just talking to him in person, he didn't seem super comfortable. Like, now he's going to be not just on a live show, the podcast was one thing, and then it was like a video. You know, just being on video, like not live. Then then live podcasts on video. Like Chris has just advanced. Now he's going to be hosting one of these where he's in control of everything. Terrifying. It's yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> You've come so long. You've come a long way. Terrifying. Uh and my unfortunately, I'm So I booked my flight back to Massachusetts to go see my family. It's actually the day before my birthday. So it's like I tried to travel like the day before, not realizing that was signing day when I booked it. So um so Chris's gonna hold down the fort. I'm gonna be on the plane during signing day, like putting updates and stuff. So um, as as people mentioned, uh, smash the like button. If you are on the YouTube channel right now, please like us. Click that little bell up there so you can subscribe to the channel and also get notifications uh, when we do go live. And uh, I do want to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's. I got some breaking news with that too. Trader Joe's been with us, it's like four or five years, I think. We're up for another year. They're going to be be, uh, sponsoring the podcast for another year. So we're really, really, really... Excited about that! It's like the it's like the coolest thing, you know. I just love I love going to Trader Joe's. They've had we've had a great relationship with them, so we appreciate that. Uh, John over there does an awesome job, and so thank you for that. I wanted, went in there this week, Chris. If you like um, snacks, there sure. are so many. So if you're gonna have a holiday party or something, just so many cool looking things that you put on your you know to greet your guests. Put on you know put a little bowl out with some of this stuff. And they're just really cool-looking, Christmassy treats uh, that you want to put out there. I tried the dark chocolate-covered peppermint Jojos. So they're like it's kind of like a sandwich cookie, but they're covered in dark chocolate and it's got peppermint on the top. Uh, That was like really good. And then there was a truffle one. Let me find that where the the okay, it's the Favorite Sweets Truffle Collection. When I went into the Trader Joe's, they had someone there giving out samples. And I tried one. I'm like, yep, give me those. So they have uh, these little uh, chocolate truffles with different flavors and and stuff. So, but there's a whole bunch on there. If you go to the website, um, there's a whole section on deck, the halls with sweets and, you know, with, with the, all the sweets and everything. So go check it out over at traderjoes.com. Um, yeah, but it's good stuff. Your Favorite time of the year in terms of oh snacking my treats. My mom makes amazing cookies and I just go back and, uh, it's it's bad. Like I can't stop eating the cookies, but it's good when I'm here. I go to Trader Joe's to get those snacks, then I go back home, and I got mom's cookies and everything. But um, yeah, so we got a lot of stuff we wanted to get to. Again, thanks everyone uh, for tuning in. If you're watching live, or if you're watching, uh, or if you're listening on any of the podcasting platforms, like I said, um, Chris, you ready? You ready for the holidays? You ready? I mean. You look at my sweater. I think I'm. You seem I pretty I, ready. I think I'm firmly ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Like when I fly back and it's like cold, my mom called me yesterday. She's like, it's like really cold. Like, don't, you know, I'm like, okay, I got to dress warm. Uh, but it's a coat. Already. Yeah. And then I come back. I come back after Christmas and then we're flying out. Well, you have a wedding to go to. So you're going to be traveling and you're going to New Orleans, right? Definitely New Orleans. Yeah. And then I got to go to Dallas and you're going to meet me in Dallas and we're going to go cover. The Cotton Bowl between USC and Tulane, which I think I tweeted something about that the other day. And then someone was like, someone like on Twitter was like, Tulane, why are they playing in Tulane? And I'm like, where have you been? Like, this has been announced for a while. But yes, USC is playing uh, Tulane. The Green Wave. Yes. Uh, big turnaround for Tulane. So if you don't know, uh, they were 2-10 and 10 last year. And now they are 11-2. and two. Uh, big turnaround winning the AAC um, and they get the Cotton Bowl bid and USC gets to play uh, against Tulane Willie Fritz is the head coach so a little connection he before he joined Tulane in 2016 he was the head coach at Georgia Southern uh, for 2 oh. years yeah where Clay Helton is right now so the connection there but he had a really great year i think they got their first bowl game in a long time uh, and he's done some good things at Tulane and then you know last year they had that sort of fall off kind of weird after COVID stuff. And then uh, this year, major, major turnaround. Um, but I wanted to go over some kind of, I went through some advanced stats to kind of give you some idea of like, what's kind of going on uh, with Tulane, um, you know, a little bit of that, but just some of the names uh, that you might want to recognize. So it's a uh, Spears. I think that's how you say his first name. He's the leading rusher. So he's got 1376 yards on the season, 6.5 yards per carry. 15 touchdowns, Uh, so he was the workhorse back uh, for Tulane. Uh, The quarterback is Michael Pratt, who actually was second on the team in rushing. He has 10 rushing touchdowns, so similar kind of like to Caleb Williams' numbers, but uh, 64.5% passing completion percentage, 2,776 yards. He's got 25 touchdowns and five picks, Uh, so pretty good, pretty effective uh, quarterback um, for Tulane. Defensively, they're sort of like... You know, receiver-wise, they're spreading around. Uh, they had, like, seven different receivers that had between, like, 21 and 35 receptions. So there wasn't, like, one clear, like, uh, you know, uh, Drake London or something on this team. And, and defensively, too, just looking around, uh, we'll try to get some more, uh, you know, updates on, you know, who the guys are really to watch out for. But it's really the stats have been pretty spread around there. They have, like, a whole bunch of guys, a couple guys that have, like, five sacks, Seven different players have like one or two interceptions, so no one that was just like this is the clear standout. This guy's got ten sacks or anything like that. So, seems a pretty you know well balanced team, um, and you know effectively obviously winning eleven games. Uh, you know, pretty impressive from Tulane. Have you checked out any of the individual players for Tulane yet or anything, Chris? A little
0: bit. I did the that quick first look piece I do every week for USC's next game. This one is obviously different because I did it. Three weeks before the actual game, I didn't do it, you know, going into the game. But yeah, yeah that Tajay Spears is the one that kind of jumps out to you is, you know, 13, r- 1,300 yards rushing. Almost you, 1,400. Yeah. Almost 1,400 yards, you know, broke out last season. I think he had like around 800 yards uh, before he had this season. And that's going to be the one of the key things for USC's defense is stopping Spears. If he's going to run wild on them, it's going to be... A very interesting game but if they can shut him down you know put the ball in Michael Michael Pratt's hands which you know it's also another wrinkle for them just that his mobility run, I mean, yeah. we know USC has struggled with mobile quarterbacks but I would say you don't want Tajay Spears Tajay Spears to beat you you don't want him to run for 250 and three touchdowns in, in the cotton Bowl. you don't want mm-hmm. that so they need to shore up that run game and we as we mentioned you know that run game was playing really well going into that that Pac-12 championship and then the the gears kind of busted there at the end of the second half so they need to reassess you know being a good run defense team like they did against Notre Dame and somewhat UCLA and they just need to tackle better you know if you're not bringing uh, spears down it's going to be a long night uh, for this team and i think it's a really interesting matchup just with a mobile quarterback and a really dynamic running back I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be fun, but it all I think it all comes down to Caleb Williams' health and that defense if they get their mind right. And I mentioned this on the national show that you know USC's defense after that first Utah loss in Salt Lake City, Ryan, if you remember, some of their confidence was shaking. You yeah. Know, they looked a little shaky. Now they had some guys out, you know, Eric Gentry was down. But I wonder how it, it took them about maybe three weeks to get that confidence back. We started seeing them to to play to what we had saw, saw early in the season. So I wonder, will we see something similar after this long break? You know, they haven't had games to kind of get their their feet back, you know, get get build up some of that confidence. So I wonder what it's going to look like on January 2nd when they kick off. Are, are they going to be back to where they were? Just because they've had the time off to think about it? Or did they need games to get back into that 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 mojo? I mean, both teams will have rust, respectively, just because yeah. you have such a long layoff. But, I mean, I'm just wondering what that mentality of that defense is going to look like after getting, you know, worked. And it took some time after they had a one-point loss
1: to Utah. What's that going to look like uh, in a couple weeks? Yeah. Well, I looked at some advanced stats. So uh, Some of the stuff, you know, if you're like, oh, how many yards... Uh, per game, is a defense giving up? It, so a lot. You, you'd rather do things like yards per play, um, uh, points per drive, things like that. So I looked at that. I think it was like uh, it was some. I forget what the website it was, but they they adjust it for they take out the garbage time stuff. So these are pretty good numbers as far as like just getting a feel for what these what these teams do. Because sometimes you get a lot more plays or less plays like that. But um, net yards per play would would be when you look at. The offensive numbers, yards per play. So, how many yards do you gain per play, and then what you give up on the defensive side, and you know subtract those two. So, like if you have a you know, if you're gaining a whole bunch of yards per play, and you're not giving up that much, you're gonna have a higher number. If you gain a decent amount of yards per play, but you give up a bunch, you're gonna have a worse number. Things like that. So, um, Tulane's number seven in the nation when you do look at just total net yards per play. So, the the kind of balance between how much they're moving the ball on offense and not giving up. Uh, yards on defense. USC for comparison is number 30. Um, now that's mostly because USC has a really good offensive number and a bad defensive number. Tulane's is more balanced, uh, for, so at, for Tulane's offense, it's number 26 at six, uh, 6.41 yards per play. Um, and, uh, and on defense, they're number eight. So it kind of averages out. They're only giving up 4.73 yards per play allowed. So, um, Points per drive, it's kind of a similar sort of thing, like how many points are you giving up per drive? Uh, Tulane's number 12 in net points per drive. USC a little below that at number 17. So the net would do the same thing. How many points are you giving up per drive uh, or getting per drive versus how many you're giving? Mm. And offensively similar, the Tulane's number 18. uh, They're scoring 2.93 points per drive, and then they're 21st defensively giving up 1.75 points per drive. So... USC's numbers would be better if they had better defensive <laughs> numbers, but Tulane's overall like net numbers in yards per play and points per drive is a little bit actually a little better than USC's. I don't know if you realize that, Chris.
0: I did not realize that, but that when I was going through that that piece I mentioned, quick look, it seemed like their defense and their offense were pretty balanced. Yes. So it's not that shocking. I didn't know, you know, those advanced stats. Like you just presented them, but that that makes sense given that they've been a pretty bounce deep uh, team on offense and defense. So credit to Willie Fritz and their staffs for doing that. And are we allowed to call this the bounce back bowl?
1: Uh, It could be just because both teams won what six games combined last year. Yeah, I think that I think Tulane tied for the biggest comeback turnaround. Yeah, biggest turnaround like the nine game difference um, in college football. I mean that's pretty pretty amazing. Uh, They're able to do that so. Uh, yeah. And I think, so if you, one of the other things on the, the, uh, yards per play, um, they were also the top 25 in the percentage of offensive drives where they're averaging 10 yards a play. So almost 20% of the time they would average 10 yards a play on their drive. So they, they're, 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 the big play potential is there. We've seen this USC defense kind of give up some big plays, so obviously you want to try to limit that. But you're saying it's a bad matchup. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, there's some some things that Tulane does well. Maybe USC doesn't combat that. But look at some other numbers. So S P plus now, uh, Bill Connolly does this. He's over at ESPN. Um, His over so he does an overall rankings for a team where they combine offense, defense, special teams, and they have a lot of advanced stats that he puts into that. And by the end of the season, uh, eleven and two USC, he has number thirteen uh, in the SP plus. So not quite as good as their you know AP poll ranking. Tulane's down at number twenty three, uh, also at eleven and two. Uh, USC's S- SP plus ranking on offense is number two in the country. So very good offense, obviously. Defensively, he only has USC as number seventy one. Uh, and what makes it worse is the special teams. He has it's one hundred eighteenth. So very bad on – special. so great on offense, according to Bill Conley, Uh, pretty bad on defense, and then really, really atrociously bad on special teams. Tulane, a little bit different offensively, number 43, which, you know, for a group of five team, you know, that's not bad. Uh, And then defensively, number 30, that's pretty high up there. And special teams really middle of the road, sixty-five. So right there, like a zero-zero, which is you know average. Like if you were like USC is minus one point three. If you were good on special teams, you'd be like one point something plus you know, positive. Tulane's so like right in the middle. So it's sort of just average kind of special teams.
0: You wouldn't say they do anything great, but they don't do anything
1: atrocious. Right, where USC has a bad and a very atrocious. Uh, two of the three phases of the game. And an amazing offense, so. Yeah, but so overall, USC 13th, Tulane's 23rd. Just for comparison's sake, some other opponents for USC. Utah's 10, uh, so that's the highest Pac-12 team. Uh, UCLA is right around where Tulane is, UCLA at Oregon State. So UCLA 21, Oregon State 22, uh, and then below that, Notre Dame's 35, and Washington State's 36. So Tulane would be you know, the, the best teams that USC's beat this year, Tulane's kind of ranked where they are. So, USC could have easily lost the Oregon State game, easily could have lost the, the UCLA game. And he has, you know, SP Plus has Tulane right there with those two teams. So, just something to kind of keep you know, if you're just going to blow off Tulane like they're not very good, these advanced stats that kind of take into account, you know, strength of schedule and all that kind of stuff uh, has them right around where UCLA and Oregon State are, like USC's better wins.
0: Never want to overestimate a uh, group of five team just because you Underestimate. Underestimate, sorry. Yeah. Never want to underestimate a group of five team just because it says group of five. I mean, group of fives have pulled off some spectacular wins. Typically, you know, if they're they're playing at this high level, you know, they're going to a New York Six Bowl or or whatever, you know, they're they're well coached. And that that can be a huge uh, difference maker in, in college football. So don't sleep on Tulane. Now, USC does have, you know, I would say significant talent talent advantage on paper, which as we know in the Clay Helton era, that's the most thing we would always fall back on. They have more talent. They should win on paper. USC right. has much better coaching uh this this time around and the talent. So I think you you feel good about going into that that matchup with a group of five player uh team, excuse me, but it all comes down to that defense. You know, even if Caleb Williams isn't like a hundred percent, or maybe they have to start Miller Moss. I still feel like that offense will put up points. Yes. Even though it'll be different. But, you know, it all comes down to the defense. If they can just stop, you know, get some sacks, get some pressure. You know, these guys are 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 a group of five guys as we as we, you know, they're not big ten guys, but it's gonna be you have to you have to use your talent gap uh, advantage. So we're gonna see a bit USC is gonna be able to do that on the field
1: in the Cotton Bowl so i mean yeah we'll we'll see yeah we'll see um and one one, one last one i have for okay, you chris me. uh beta rank if you heard of that mm-hmm. so um it's over at sharpcollegefootball.com so they they kind of use some of the sp plus info um cuz they take in recruiting right like a lot of stuff like talent returning talent like coaching there's a lot of stuff like that um it's an interesting another kind of advanced stats model and uh, BetaRank looks at it a little differently. Um, overall, BetaRank only has USC as number 22 in the country and Tulane as number 17. Uh, offensively, they have the Trojans ranked number four, Tulane 25. Defensively, they have USC ranked eighty-second, uh, 86th, so that's pretty bad. It's worse than what uh, SP Plus has. And Tulane's up there 25 too, so very consistent. You know, top 25, Tulane for offense and defense. Special teams, they have Tulane at 22nd, so very, very consistent. And USC, they're more middle of the road. so they don't have they're not hammering USC special teams like uh, SP plus did. They have uh, USC as 65. So again, you know two not so good sides of the ball and then the good side with uh, offense. but uh, they actually they have a comparison tool where you can put like the two teams together and mm. who are they you know affect there's all kinds of stats that they use or advanced metrics they use like effective rush, like how well they rush the ball, effective pass, you know, explosive plays. It's kind of interesting if you want to go check it out and you can put like 2022 USC versus 2022 Tulane and look at the comparisons. Uh, they come up with a number, they have actually Tulane as a 2.33 point favorite in this game. So I don't think that's gonna be the line. I haven't seen the line yet. Do you have you seen the line or no? I have not seen the line. I have to look at it but USC is gonna be a favorite for sure. But this advanced stat has Tulane as a favorite. So but if you want to go over to sharp college football, uh the comparison tool is kind of neat. So you can put it up there and see some of the stats of which team does better or what. But that's just kind of my f- quick look at uh maybe not that quick. Uh at Tulane. Because I know a lot of USC fans don't really know much about Tulane. We will try to get somebody next week on the show to like that covers Tulane to talk about that. It's not been easy to find, to be honest, but I will uh I will make sure I get somebody or try to get somebody to come on the show. I um, have faith in you. Yeah. Cause we don't really, like the two four. We don't really have like an active 247 two four seven Tulane site, unfortunately. Um, so, but yeah, there's some people that cover it. So I will. I'll do my best to kind of get what's going on there. But what, what's your overall thoughts to, on Tulane, Chris? What do you think? Is this? Don't take it lightly. Is wh- I think what you're saying.
0: Yeah, I I think it's a. I know people are. People are like oh the drop off from like potentially playing Michigan. Georgia in the first round of the college playoff to Tulane. It's like, ugh, but I still think it's going to be a fun game. Tulane's a good team this year. They're a conference champion. They beat Kansas state, yeah. which, you know, big, big 12 champion, right. Uh, beat a cultural playoff team. So again, don't, don't take Tulane lightly. And I think it's going to be a fun game. I, you know, personally still going into it would feel like USC is still going to come out, but I would not be shocked if this is a close game, just given if USC's defense struggles. Once again, really don't know the full status of Caleb Williams, but I think on paper, you know, USC should be the favorite, and they have the talent to, you know, to pull away in this one, but we'll have to see what happens, but I still think it's a good game. It's a New York Six Bowl, Cotton Bowl. It's not the Cheez-It Bowl that's a shot at a certain <laughs> program, but it's it's a prestigious bowl. You know, they get to go out and try to end with 12 wins on a high note after uh, the massacre in Vegas, but it, there's still a lot to play for, I think, in this one. So, uh, again, just don't take Tulane lightly. Do not take that green wave uh, lightly. You know, you know, Ryan, you ever been in the ocean? You're just bobbing around, and that, oh, yeah. that one wave comes, you're not expecting, and it just <laughs> absolutely wipes you out. That could be USC. It could be, Yeah, you it's, take them lightly. It's a big green,
1: like big green wave. Yeah, like a, a Doctor Seuss it's wave, grinning at you.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it'll knock you on your butt. It's like so, a Grinch.
1: Yeah, you don't want to get Grinched. You don't want to get Grinched.
0: So uh, yeah, just I, I think USC should win, but I will never say it is impossible that for Tulane to leave with a
1: W. So. I don't know what I'm saying right now. So just like, uh, no worries. Hey, your boy, just a little, we got some, uh, kind of, oh no. A little breaking news. Your boy, Nick Figueroa. He's a first team academic All American. So congrats to Nick. Uh, a lot of the award stuff going on. So congrats to Nikki Fig. Nikki Fig. Uh, good Getting for him. done in the classroom. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, awesome thing there. Uh, we got to talk about some transfer portal stuff. Uh, yeah. We do know. Um, so I thought, you know, the of the of note of the players that have departed uh, the program, um, Raylan Goforth uh, is going to stay in conference. Going to UW. UW, so a team that USC actually plays next year. So we don't know what the schedule is, but USC had, had missed Washington and Oregon the last two years. We assume they're going to play them this year. But because they're getting rid of the divisions, I don't know. They could change the schedule. But most likely, USC is playing uh, Washington, and Raylan Goforth will be on that team. And then Jake Smith, who we didn't really see the transfer from Texas. Uh, he was in school, but wasn't on the team this past season. He's going to Arizona state. So a couple of players that were on the roster. I know you're not very familiar with Jake Smith because we never got to really see him, but um, playing on teams that USC will play next year. Interesting. And a lot of people were like Jake Smith. I thought he was, yeah, like you said, he was sort of <laughs> in that loophole
0: where he could stay at school, still be on scholarship, get his degree but not count towards the scholarship count on the football team so finished up his school and then you know decided to jump back in and and uh you know go back home to the state of arizona and really talented player really unfortunate that he wasn't able to contribute at usc but you know that foot injury really set him back when he got on campus at usc and just just hope he can he can get back on the field because a really talented player and i think you think it's a good fit for for Kenny Dillingham and uh, that, that Sun Devils offense. So he could be a star out there, but we'll have to see if he stays healthy.
1: Yeah. It's it's, it's one of those things that Chris mentioned. Um, when, when a new coach comes in, there are these kind of little loophole rules that you can, uh, I mean, it's a, it's essentially allows you to cut players and you're like, Hey, you're not going to be on the roster, but we will still honor your scholarship and it doesn't count. So it doesn't count against USC scholarship numbers. So, And then if you want to stay and and finish your academic year, whatever you can do that, it's paid for. You're just not on the football team. Uh, But he was still, when his name went in the portal, you're like, is he still around at USC? Well, he was, but just not on the roster. So good for, you know, hopefully he finds a good home there. Sometimes you just need a change of scenery, you know? Um, Another player that we just learned this morning, I think it was, Colin Mobley, uh, the defensive lineman. is going to get a change of scenery. He's in the transfer portal, Chris. This one's close to my heart. A DMV
0: guy actually went to my high school, Demathic Catholic. Oh. So I did the story on Colin when he when he committed, or yeah, leading up to that commitment. He um, was in a
1: Polynesian bowl, I think, too. Yeah, yeah. Six
0: foot four, two hundred ninety pounds. Only played in two games as a true freshman. Wasn't early enrollee. You know, he was a guy. USC's defense was really bad in twenty twenty one, as you remember. And he was a guy like people thought, hey, maybe just play some of the young guys, and only got fifteen snaps, I believe, in those two games, and then. Going to this year, people thought maybe he could make the jump, especially when they need guys to step up, but they believe he was injured in the spring. He had some sort of injury and he could not just stay on the practice field and healthy and that really set him back going to fall camp. So injuries were a big problem this year for him. He was able to get healthy by the end of the year, but was mainly just a scout player, did not play a single snap in 2022. So he has three years of eligibility remaining. I believe that's according to Shotgun Sprattling. So, you know, wishing the best. Maybe he goes back to the East coast, Maryland. He was recruited by uh, Vic Soto. So maybe, maybe he stays in conference, you know, up there at Cal. So we'll have to see where his next moves is, move move is. But, you know, I wish Colin Mobley
1: a fellow stag all, all the best. Yeah. We definitely wish him uh, the best. Uh, it's, you want to see, you know, you want. there's so many players that go into the portal and they just never end up anywhere. So hopefully, you know, we, we followed a lot of them this past year through the orbiting the X's um, feature I kind of did. So I don't know if we're going to keep doing that. But, uh, you know, you wish these guys the best. But no one outside of GoForth was like someone that's actually started games that has left. Uh, but they have brought in some some more impact players. Um, before you get into that, oh. I just want to say. Oh, go ahead.
0: Six players have left USC currently from this past team. I believe somebody on the P kind of did like a rough scholarship chart. And USC's at ninety-two right now. So they have some I'm all I'm saying is expect more bodies to leave the program because you have to be at eighty-five. Yes. So with the guys that they've brought in through the transfer portal, I believe they have six right now that have come in, six have left. But they still need some more scholarship space, especially with, you know, potentially a couple more high school commitments and definitely going to go after some more transfer portal guys. So they need more space. So they would be at 91 right now with Colin Mobley leaving. So they got some room to, to, to create. So we expect more guys to go into the portal
1: uh, down the road. Kings fan said, uh, please keep doing, um, orbiting the X's. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll do it. It was just, do it Ryan. It was one of those things where there was just so many people that had left and even, you know, JT Daniels, I had on there and he had been gone for a couple of years, but, uh, I, maybe just the the new play, like, and plus it was Clay Helton. You wanted to kind of follow along with what Clay Helton was doing at Georgia Southern and very, you know, six and six make a bowl game kind of thing. Um, yeah. So maybe we'll do that. We'll we'll figure that out later, but thank you, uh, Thanks for uh, putting that together. Okay, so players coming in to the program. Uh, USC now has three players from Arizona. But I wanted to talk about uh cornerback that USC fans might have seen, Christian Roland Wallace, uh, was a starter. I think he – did you see he started like twenty all 29 games he was there? Of the
0: last three years, Arizona's played in 29 games. He started them all. Wow. That's two – 12, 12 starts in this season, last season, and then five during the COVID year. So, and he started eight as a true freshman out of 12. So the guy, is, the guy is very experienced. You know, a three-star prospect out of Palmdale, California. He was a late offer by USC in the process in, what was that, 2017, 2018? I don't remember off the top of my head, but... Ronnie Bradford offered him, if you remember that name. I know a lot of people just shuddered in the uh, in the chat. But <laughs> USC was a dream school for him. He was committed to Arizona at the time, to coach meat at Arizona. But, you know, they they pushed at the end. But, you know, it was just his commitment to uh, Arizona. You know, they were the school that were on him first. Uh, Demetrius Martin, a very good recruiter. Yep. Uh, so they held on that pledge, and he became a... Multi-year you for them. You'll start a lot of games. I don't believe he earned any all Pac-12 stuff, but very experienced. Someone put a clip on YouTube of him going against Drake London and that Drake London
1: game. Yeah, we had the, uh, I have the picture. Like, I don't have a clip of it, but I have yeah. a picture. Yeah. That was the one he
0: broke his ankle, unfortunately. But there there's clips of there. And, you know, Christian Roland Wallace was not backing down from him. He's very physical. You know, I believe he's uh, about six foot one, six foot. He was an athlete out of William Knight High School. I went to see one game of him, and the playoffs just went bananas. One of the most incredible playoff performances I've ever seen. We'll talk more about that on the composite two-star. But I think it's a nice pickup. You know, you're losing Makai Blackman. You could use some more veteran experience, you know, bringing Damani Jackson up, Sierra Wright, uh, Jacoby Covington. So you got a really nice core there, and you're still trying to get some high school guys, too. You know, Roderick Pleasant, Dalen Austin. Yeah, You have Malachi Crawford coming in. So, Really a lot of young talent there. And I think Christian Roland Wallace is a nice
1: fit for this defense. For sure. Uh sticking with the Arizona roster, uh, the third player to come over. And, you know, this is a potential um, you know, Jordan Addison kind of replacement. Uh, he led the Pac 12 in receiving yards. And if you remember back, I tweeted, I think I put it on the P on November, I believe it was November 16th when uh, Arizona was playing against Washington State uh the quarterback for Arizona Jaden DeLora who was transferred from Washington State uh very emotional game for him he had a horrible game he had like four picks but he gets into with this guy uh i did not have the clip with me but uh Dorian Stinger, all Pac 12 selection led the 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 uh, conference in receiving yards and him and Delora pretty much pushed him on the sidelines. It was kind of a crazy thing. And once that happened, you're like, that dude's probably entering the portal. He did, and he's becoming a Trojan. Yeah, 66 receptions,
0: uh, a, a 1,065 yards or 1,165 yards. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I think it was 1,100. 1,165 yards, six touchdowns, second team all Pac-12, Associated Press first team all Pac-12, just... Six foot one, 190, a great weapon. He absolutely murdered USC when USC played Arizona in Tucson. I think he went for seven and 141 and three touchdowns. Lincoln Riley got an up close look at that. And I think he was like, I want that. I want that for next season. So <laughs> when he jumped in the portal, they got him on campus. Third Wildcat, as you said. Yeah, as you said, the potential replacement to Jordan Addison, who was expected to go to the NFL draft. Big play weapon, just like him. I don't think he's as fast as Jordan Addison, but similar build. I think a guy you can move around in the slot outside. Uh, six foot one, as I said, he's a he's a dog. You know, this is a guy who was a I believe he was a three star out of Pinnacle High School in the twenty twenty class. All the classes blend together, but. You know, he was a walk-on. I learned that he was a walk-on, bet on himself, walked on at Arizona, led the conference in receiving two years later. So this guy's got crazy work ethic, crazy confidence in himself, and that's what you like to see in a wide receiver. So I think he immediately comes in. He can be the number one guy in this offense with Mario Williams. And, you know, you got Taj Washington back. You're bringing in two five-star receivers, Makai Lemon, Zachariah Branch, this USC receiving core, we were never gonna be worried about it. USC fans are never gonna be worried about recruiting wide receivers. Stacked. And Dorian Singer is the guy that you go after if you if you see him in the portal. This isn't wide receiver isn't a need for USC, but it's one of those things where if there's a star and he's in there and he's interested in playing for your offense and playing for Caleb Williams, you have to pick up that call you have to get him on campus and see if you were going to take a wide receiver it's got to be a it's got to be a star you know it's got to be a a a nfl high nfl draft pick kind of guy a guy who could uh be your number one guy and and that's what dorian singer is and it's a really good pickup for caleb williams in this offense so uh hats off to lincoln riley getting another toy for this offense
1: yeah uh, it'll be fun to see i I mean, just having three Arizona Wildcats coming over. So I guess they traded those three guys for Hunter Eccles or something. Is that what the. Oh, no. No. (laughs) Is that that what (laughs) happened? All three starters. Three starters, yeah. three starters. Um, That's the thing you want to look at. USC still picking up starting guys. You know, guys that are obviously people that are. You're not picking up guys that are backups and stuff. I mean,
0: all of every pickup so far, I believe, is a
1: starter. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you'd pick them up if they weren't, right? Like. I just depth or something. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, last year, there were some guys that were depth
0: guys that they picked up. Yeah. You know, like Earl Barquette, Tyrone Teleni, and guys like that. Carson yeah. And I think that was more because they just needed bodies. Yeah. Now, they they can be a little bit more choosy about who they're, who they're getting. They're like, we need to, Gerard likes to say, you don't need to replace. You need to upgrade. Yes. and. That's kind of what's going on here. They're getting starters from other programs to upgrade what they what they need. You know, you're, you're having guys leave, but you need to upgrade those positions. So that's what they're doing. I think they're doing a really good job at
1: that. Yeah. Speaking of upgrade, the other uh player we gotta talk about, you're uh, like feeling receiver. I don't wanna care about that. Do you care about linebacker? Do you want someone that can tackle? Did you see how USC tackled uh in the uh 12 Championship game? Mason Cobb, uh from Oklahoma State so the rival of Lincoln Riley's previous program uh yeah he's going to become a Trojan what do you know about Mason Cobb Chris this is a
0: huge get and probably as it stands right now the top pickup for USC's uh transfer class which is number five in the country right now after the addition of Cobb you know Doran Singer yeah, that's nice, but I but as I just mentioned, USC's not worried about wide receiver. You know what they're worried about, Ryan? Defense. They're worried about linebacker. And Mason Cobb is a day one instant impact linebacker, a guy that could walk in there and start at middle linebacker for this defense. You know, he is a playmaker. I believe Shotgun tweeted out some great uh, stats about him having defensive stops from P- PFF, which uh, breaks it down as a stop their results in an offensive failure. I believe he had 59 of those, uh, 59 of those last season for the, for the, what are they? The pokes? The Cowboys. <laughs> Oklahoma State Cowboys. And USC's leader in defensive stops this past season, Shane Lee at 29. So that's a huge gap. Excuse me. I got up to, <coughs> you all right there, Chris? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. A huge the difference. Sweater, 29. The a little, yeah, a little, uh, a little uh, allergies going on that had the dust on it. But, uh. Fifty nine to twenty nine. Like this guy is flying around. He does miss some tackles that time. I, Shotgun also tweeted out his missed tackle rate is pretty high, but I believe it would be second on this this team this team based on all uh, the other linebackers. It was like around twenty one percent or something. I think it? it was
1: twenty one percent or something. So, yeah. but like, with tied the, with like I think go Forth and uh, Namora.
0: Yeah, but. But the fact that he makes so many plays, you know, so many defensive stops tells us that he's like flying all around the ball. He's flying everywhere, and some of those, you know, maybe go, have to watch the tape. But maybe some of those he's just, you know, over pursuing a little bit. And but you feel good about a guy who's like running to the ball every play. So I believe he had ninety six tackles last season. Uh, I, I don't know the stats off the top of my head. I'm sorry, but you know, racked up some tackles for loss, sacks just a playmaker and this is a guy who could start right away for this defense. So, a huge pickup, a huge upgrade for this linebacker core and it's going to be a difference maker for this team. So, I believe he's the number 2 inside linebacker in the transfer portal ranking. So, yeah. again, smash it out of the park with this one and maybe another Oklahoma State uh transfer coming soon, another defensive help. Trace Ford also took a visit with Mason Cobb over the weekend with them. You know, they're close, so have to be on the lookout for that one.
1: Nice. Um, all right. Well, that's kind of like where we are with the transfer portal stuff. This is, if you don't know, this is the crazy, crazy time of the year because the season ends. The transfer portal opened up December fifth. Uh, tomorrow, December twenty-first is when the early signing period begins. So there's just so much roster movement, and it's because of the transfer. You know, players can transfer without uh, sitting out and everything. You can, um, it's essentially like free agency in college football, but it would be like having free agency during like the beginning of the NFL playoffs. Like there's still like games to be played. Like coaches are preparing for their bowl games and the college football playoffs and all of that. But they're also redoing their whole roster for the next year. I hate the timing of all this. There's too much going on in December. Uh, I think they definitely need to move the early signing period, which we're going to talk about next just get rid of it or have a really the point of the early signing period. They just wanted, they thought like, Oh, that quarterback that's committed for two years, he'll sign. Everyone else will wait till February. Well, they didn't have much foresight. And as soon as they moved it to December, which is not that much earlier than February, people just signed in December. So having a maybe early period a little bit before the season, where if you really, really want to sign early, that's fine. I think that would make more sense or just get rid of it altogether, but there's too much roster stuff going on right now. And for a team like Oregon State and Washington State who were preparing for early bowl games, they essentially lost one of their official visit weekends because they had to participate in a bowl game. So there's too much going on. Uh, you don't have a lot of, I'm not like putting a whole bunch of sympathy in coaches that are making millions of dollars a year. but I think you're doing a disservice to the players, uh, especially the high school players that are kind of figuring all this stuff out right now and give them some time you know let them digest what happens in the transfer portal before they sign on the dotted line uh i think it'd be better off in february i don't know if you feel the same way chris but it's just kind of it's
0: all scrunched together and gerard and i have talked about it multiple times in the composite two-star recruits how it's probably going to change at some point yeah because i the coaches don't like it
1: i can't believe it hasn't changed yet
0: well new president coming in yeah maybe we'll see some changes in in that regard, but yeah, it definitely needs to change, and I think it will
1: change, but when that happens, I don't know. Yeah, you're trying to have, like, these bowl practices and, like, hosting visitors, and there's just a lot going on, so hopefully they fix this and move it. Uh, I missed the February signing period, especially now with how how prominent the transfer portal is, but tomorrow is the early signing period, so make sure you're over at uscfootball.com, I know 24-7 Sports is going to be doing uh, live stuff on CBS. I think they're going like nine
0: hours or something.
1: Nine hours of live coverage. Uh, there'll be some commitments and things like that. Um, it also changes the, the the All-Star Bowl, You know the All-Star um, games that you have for high schools, the All-American Bowl in San Antonio, the Under Armour Bowl in uh, Orlando. I'll be going to the Polynesian Bowl in Hawaii because I do that because I've sacrificed you know, yeah. my the heart. But you're so brave the hard tap I, so I invited you to come you don't want to go like that's it's that's too much your, work that's your fit to go to Hawaii it's too you're it's, in Hawaii it's too i'm doing a bit okay <laughs> you should want to go to Hawaii why don't you just go with me to Hawaii mm. yeah, okay uh but anyway i'm doing a
0: lot of traveling yeah in the next 2 weeks going to Dallas i'm going to New Orleans for a wedding i'm going to San Antonio for the All-American Bowl there i got a lot to do okay but i mean it's
1: Hawaii so like Maybe next year. Okay. Uh, Hawaii in January. Year. It's great. Anyway, I love going out of there, but it it's, it's diminished those games a little bit because there's so many guys have not only just committed, but they're already signed. Like, they're already enrolled in places, and so it makes it a little bit different. But right now, USC has uh, 20 commitments um, that are verbal commitments, and most of them, if not all of them, will likely sign tomorrow tomorrow. Um, Right now, USC is ranked 12th uh, overall uh, in 24-7 sports. Composite rankings, 13th. So, you know, in that area, uh, I don't think that's going to change a whole lot. But, um, you know, the, the, the 3 three three five five-star guys, uh, Malachi Nelson uh, and uh, Makai Lemon uh, from Los Alamitos. So, Malachi is the quarterback. Lemon is the, uh, the wide receiver. And then Zach Branch. From Bishop Gorman is also a five star. Um, he is a wide receiver as well. But, you know, um, I think seven, four stars and then uh, 10 three stars uh, committed right now. There's some other big fish out there. But for tomorrow, Chris, any thoughts on, you know, surprises or anything uh, you think what's going to happen? Well, very
0: standard. Except for maybe some some surprises, the only real two potential additions for USC tomorrow, you know, barring something crazy happening, and we won't know until it actually happens. But Mateo Uyangale, he's making his decision at a signing day ceremony. That's the big one. Everyone's going to be looking at. You know, it's Ohio State, USC, Oregon, and he's going to be making a decision. At 9 a.m., I believe it is at St. John Bosco. So that's when everyone wants to see three-star cornerback Tyler Scott out of uh, Georgia. He is making his decision to Took an official visit uh, a week ago, a couple weeks ago. The last kind of going to the last weekend of visits midweek. Don't expect USC to get that one. You know they made a last-minute 2023 offer to a Auburn cornerback commit uh, yesterday which kind of tells me they're not very confident about Tyler Scott going to that commitment. So, you know, the big one to watch is Mateo. USC's 20, all expected to to sign tomorrow. Don't expect any, like, last-minute uh, processing or decommitments or flips or anything like that as of right now. We expect all 20 of those guys to sign. Maybe one won't sign, but other prospects are waiting until the February. You know, Dalen Austin, Roderick Pleasant, Deuce Robinson Walker Lions, I believe those guys are waiting uh till February. Most of the track guys, Nicholas Harbor, he's also waiting. You know, not that USC is firmly in that one, but most of the track guys do wait until February. Yeah. And it seems like other guys are taking their time and slowing the process down and taking it to February. So, Mateo Ungalale and Tyler Scott are the two guys that USC is involved with going into their signing day announcements. Those are the two, but obviously Mateo is the one USC has the best chance at. That one is, you know, feels like a coin flip right now, so yeah. we'll see what changes in the next 24 hours or not 24 hours, but like 8 hours, you know, going into <sighs> the evening, we'll yeah. see we'll start to hear what's going on. Uh so that was should be a fun one in the morning. Lincoln Riley's doing a presser at at noon at USC, so you know maybe he'll be talking about a really big five-star defensive lineman that they landed so for sure it's going to be a fun day especially if they they're able to reel in the local big fish and mateo but we'll have to see but i would expect everyone to sign tomorrow that is planning to sign maybe one that doesn't but we'll see
1: yeah so look look for that we'll be having updates on uscfootball.com throughout the day Lots of analysis uh, and insight onto all the players that are going to be signing. And like Chris mentioned, there's some still some big fish out there.
0: And Follow we'll break it that. down.
1: We will break it all down. and like two-star live. Two-star live tomorrow, 6 p.m., Wednesday. Join us. S- signing day. We're going to be talking p.m. about everything that happened. Gerard Martinez in this room. He's going to be – he will be in this room sitting in probably that chair. And Chris will yeah. be sitting here. If you're looking at the overhead cam, if you're watching on – I don't know what's going to happen. YouTube. Sometimes he just talks about random things, just goes in a random that. scoop. He's not supposed to. This is no. a different live. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but Chris Chris will be here. Gerard will be here. And if you're not a member already, uh, if you're not a VIP member over at uscfootball.com, 50% off right now. So make sure you go check it out. Uh, if you're not a member, the perfect time to sign up. You get half off. And you even can get Paramount Plus uh, right away. So go check that out. Um, if you want the streaming service, it's $100 or $120 a year or whatever. You get that for free if you join uscfootball.com. So make sure you go check it out. Uh, one last thing, too. We also have a little bit of news. Shane Lee is coming back. So we, I think we we were at practice last week. I think it was after we did the podcast that we didn't talk about that. So we don't know. We got to talk to Tuli Tuipilotu, Justin Dedich You know, those guys, you know, they're going to play in the bowl game. We don't know about uh, their status for next year. But Shane Lee we just came out and said, Coming back. So, uh, more depth uh, at linebacker for USC. That's good. More depth. You got Shane
0: Lee, team captain returning, Eric Gentry. You got Tackett Curtis coming in, Mason Cobb, as we mentioned, Jamil Muhammad, outside linebacker. Not really sure where they're going to put him at edge or move him inside, but you got a lot better depth, I think. You got a lot better at inside linebacker, which is a huge thing for this team. And having a guy like a, a culture builder like Shane Back, once again,
1: massive. Yeah. Uh, On the comments, Hector says, uh, I'll put this up here on the screen there, talking about the uh, two star recruiting podcast that's going to be live for the very first time. He said, four hour pod. Probably not. I don't know. I cannot make any promises. It's really hard to do video that long, but it can get long, like two hours of video. I mean, because you're definitely, you know, when, and Chris will be sitting in his chair. So you have to kind of like put up comments like this talking like we don't have a producer that could be doing all this stuff so you have to host and do that the good thing is gerard will talk for quite a bit so chris can do some producing while uh gerard is talking but four hours to be a long time i I think we're just going to do the normal show we're going
0: to go through the normal format except it is live and there'll be some interaction so i'm not really sure what that's going to look like it is a signing day show so it could very easily go to four hours i i cannot promise it won't go into four hours i don't know
1: what's going to happen all right we'll make sure all the batteries are charged and every all our devices here um are we wrapping up no we got to take a break oh we're gonna take a break we got to get some questions you were wrapping it up i got two
0: stories i want to do after we get back from the break okay take a break back in a minute conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call
1: 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey all right we're back here on the peristyle podcast if you're listening on any of the podcasting platforms thank you for that if you're watching live on youtube or the replay on youtube we thank you for that as well you can put your questions in the chat. If you're watching live on YouTube, put question up front. I'll try to star it and come back to it later. But Chris, you have some stories to get to. I have two very quick stories. Okay. First
0: one is a shout out. Shout out to Todd. I don't know if he wants me to do his full name, so I'm just going to say Todd. But a couple of weeks ago, I had mentioned that I love pasta. I think we were doing, we were talking about Trader Joe's or something. Okay. This isn't sponsored, but Todd works for a artisanal pasta company, and they sent me some pasta so i just want to say shout out to todd and semolina <laughs> semolina artisanal pasta they are a store in pasadena Go uh, check it very out, delicious just want to say a quick shout out i know it's not sponsored or anything but i just want to show some love to a listener who showed me some love so uh ryan
1: i hope you are okay with that oh, i'm totally okay i'll sneak you a box if you want i would love that You you reminded me I have to give a couple of shout-outs too. Do you have another shout-out or do you have a story?
0: I have one story. You okay, can, you let, just let do me do the shout-out. Yeah, do your shout-out. And get into
1: your story. Uh, I was at the gym, I think it was on Friday, working out early morning. I take a 6 a.m. spin class and then I do some weights and stuff afterwards. And during the weight portion, uh, uh, it was Alvin. Uh, he's a USC student. comes up to me and just says, Hey, he shows me his phone. He's listening to the Parastel podcast right now. I thought that was really cool. It was fun. So shout out to Alvin. Uh, he was listening to the podcast in the gym. And then I had to go, I had a flat tire or a tire that was like losing air that I put air in it, it, kept leaking. So I brought it to the tire store over in Torrance and I'm sitting there waiting to get my car and John comes up to me and says, hello, I'm a big fan. I've been on your site for 15 years and stuff like that. So I wanted to shout out those guys. Thanks for coming to say Hello uh and i love that you guys listen to the podcast
0: and shout out to all the people who are showing off their like spotify wrapped where it showed like yes parasol podcast was your most listened to podcast for the year so shout out to those people uh and then my story which no one believes i tweeted about it i don't know if you saw it but i was walking my dog Uh and i'm crossing the little alleyway you know where the garbage trucks come through and a garbage truck is making the left in the alley and i run across because i don't want to get run over (laughs) and then the guy leans out the window. And I thought he was gonna yell at me for something or not having my garbage cans right. You know, I'm a homeowner now, or I, I live in a house. I don't know about having my own garbage cans. I don't know what I'm doing. So I thought he was gonna yell at me. And he goes, Mr. Trevino, I love you, fight on. And I looked around because no one else is there except for the dog and me, a dog and him. And I'm like, no one's gonna believe me. No one's gonna believe this. And he said, I want to shout out on the podcast. I don't know which podcast he's referring to, this one or Composite. So I'm going to Very do nice. two. But shout out to Cliff Nichols because he gave me his full name when I asked his name. Okay. And he gave me a big old fight on. So I'm stunned that walking my dog in my neighborhood, the garbage man recognizes me and is like, hey, love your work. I want a shout out. So you're getting the shout out, Cliff. I hope you're out there. I hope this is the podcast you're referring to. I'm still going to do it for composite, but yes. I got to make sure you 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 hear it. I'm doing it right now. No one believes me. If you're in the chat, please come forward. And not referring to the guy on Twitter who changed his entire Twitter profile to Cliff the Garbage Man. That is not him. But I
1: really appreciate the dedication to the bitch. So shout out to that guy as well. Nice imposter, Cliff the Garbage Man. Awesome. Yeah. But well, anyway, thanks. It's Fun in the hall. a fun when people just like just randomly just come up to you and say hello. You're like, oh, I thought you were going to yell at me. Oh, ah, thanks, thanks for yeah. saying hello. I uh, appreciate that. All right, let's uh, let's get to some questions. We have a voicemail. Guess, a from Orange. Guess who it's from? This question is for the flagship
0: of the <laughs> Parasol Podcast. Good question for you. I know um, a lot of the fan bases are thinking that USC is giving a lot of money for our you know, giving out NIL money to get a lot of transfers in um, with the, you know, receiving a Pac-12 uh, in 2022, uh, joining USC in the transfer portal uh, yesterday. Do you think that's because of NIL money? Or do you think it's because he wants to play with a Heisman Trophy winner or because he doesn't want his quarterback to punch him in the face anymore? All right, uh, I'll
1: take the call or the answer offline. Um, thanks, to Eddie from Orange? Wait, so Delora punch singer? Delora, well, pushed him. Oh, Delora pushed him. Yeah, the, that's the, what I was referring to. I earlier. thought it was the other way around. No, no, like the like singer was. I think at this point, Delora had only thrown like one pick and comes to the sideline, and they're like, kind of face to face, and Delora like, sh- I mean, it was. It didn't look good. He's a very kind of. Um, Emotional fiery emotional character. And then I don't think that helped. I believe I, I gotta go back and watch the game again, but I believe he threw three more picks after that incident. So Singer wasn't the problem. Uh there was the quarterback play was a problem. But
0: I think uh, in this situation it's a little bit of all three. Okay. Who would have wanna play with the Heisen winner? Duh. Yeah. Uh who won't N- push you. Who won't push you? <laughs> uh I think NIL Money in LA got some good uh Potential there, good some good potential there, and then, uh, yeah, maybe you don't want to play in a. Not saying it was a toxic situation, but you don't want to play in a hostile situation like that. you are getting pushed on the sideline. I know it's an emotional game, emotional sport, but yeah, I don't. I don't think you you'd want that if the relationship's not great. And you know, also going back to Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams seems like a really great teammate. You know, bringing his lineman to the Heisman thing. Always backing his guys. I think that's, uh, I think it's a little bit of all three in that situation.
1: Yeah. I would say, I would, I would say if you hear stuff in the media that USC is just like dropping bags with players and stuff, uh, that that is way overblown. That I would lean more towards you get to play with the guy that won the Heisman Trophy. I think that's probably the biggest aspect of it. And, and also just knowing that, um, in this situation, he probably wasn't going to be sticking around when you have that kind of confrontation with your quarterback. So that was a really weird one. Not good. That was not good. Uh, I get it. Like, do you remember back in the Sark days? Like, when Sark, basically the game, Sark got fired after, I believe it was a Washington game, like on a Thursday or something. But he, like, playing his old team, like, there was a lot of emotion. There was, you know, it just didn't. Sometimes that doesn't go in the right direction. Like, sometimes you can, your your emotions can help you athletically like for whatever you're thinking about and sometimes they can really hurt you and i think delora like really really wanted to be washington state and his emotions like it took over and the fact that you would push a teammate i mean it it was a it was more of like it was like a attack shove kind of thing it was not not good um like joseph manjack yeah uh oh what do you mean like the oh he had the
0: manjack fought with his teammate on the
1: yeah that was a weird one too that was in your, your exes. That was in, my, yeah, or in the orbit exes when he was at Houston, yeah. He ended up getting hurt and didn't really play uh, the rest of the year. We have an email from Paul in Vegas. He says, 15 is the number of bowl practices. Is that correct? Could you tell us how many practices used to date, and do you believe that we're going to use all of our allocated practices before January 2nd? They made it seem like Friday was the first day of practice. That's what the players were saying. Yeah. That I think you can't practice during finals. I believe. And USC just wrapped up finals. They wrapped up finals and they had like, so they would have workouts, but not like practice. So I think Friday was the first practice. We are not allowed to watch any of them. We get kind of a schedule. They're like, practice, no media, no interviews. Yeah, we're not blah, seeing blah. any practice. There's, not at all. We're not
0: any like beginning stuff. No, it's just interviews after. Maybe that's the norm moving forward. But I feel like Friday was the first. I feel like they practice all through the weekend yeah. and they're practicing all this week. So. I'm bad at math. What's all that? That's like one, two, three, 100. four, five. Yeah, 100 practices. 100 practices, I think. So I, they'll, at least, they'll at least be through half of them by – I'm sure they won't practice on Christmas, but I'm sure they'll be through half of them this week, and then you have all next week. And then you'll have some in Dallas when they fly out to Dallas. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, all
0: right. And they will use all 15, I believe.
1: Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, that was like an issue before. I don't think you have to worry about. So previous head coach would tell you, we're going to practice this many times. And like Lincoln Riley doesn't say stuff like that? Cause it doesn't matter. Cause you're going to practice as much as you possibly can. And there's no, he's not answering questions about, are you practicing enough? Clay Helton had to face questions about like the holiday bowl where they only practiced like six times or something. Um, and so then from that on, he just started telling you how many practices they would have all the time. You're not going to get stuff like that from Lincoln Riley. So I think, I think that's one of those narratives that you can just like kind of leave behind as far as like, are they practicing enough? Yes. So don't worry about it anymore. Um, you're not going to get like updates on the numbers and things like you were getting before. Uh, this is from Nelson in Scottsdale, Arizona. He sent a text. Do you think Jordan Addison is disappointed in this season? Good, not great numbers. No cultural playoff, no individual awards or all conference uh all-american talk i could see a
0: little bit of disappointment you know not getting the the conference championship i don't i don't know if anything but he got hurt you know it, it it happens in college football i think that's something you just have to take into account with him is you know he missed what two games uh did not finish the utah game he plays a full season he's Probably a finalist for the Heisman, Heisman, excuse me, the Blitnikoff again. I would assume he's getting some All-American awards. He's definitely breaking a 1,000 yards. You know, I think the Pac-12 a championship was the thing he was chasing the most. And you know, he's got Blitnikoff. He was first-team All-American. He he's achieved so much in college football. You know, definitely wanted to probably get on that big stage of the college football playoff. So I think there is a little bit of disappointment. But also I have to remember he got hurt. And, you know, that... Definitely hurt his individual uh, aspirations in terms of individual awards, but I think he would have much rather, you know, have won that pac championship and uh, gotten to the playoff, like like anyone on the team would. But just have to remember he got hurt. I mean, that just happens.
1: Yeah. Uh, this one come kind of comes up every year, and uh, I just want to let's I want to make things really clear. Okay. On this one, Stephen Poway says. Hey, Ryan and Chris, with Caleb Williams winning the Heisman, I'm sure his NIL deals will continue to roll in. This raises an interesting question. Could Caleb and others earning millions of dollars a year turn down their scholarship and pay full tuition as a walk-on, thus allowing USC to recruit more scholarship players around him? Thanks for fun on Stephen Poway. No, never. Like, I don't know why people think about that. But no, you're not going to do that. It's like to game the system. Yeah, you're you're trying like you're play like this isn't a video game and you're like trying to like th- this is a real person who's not going to go he's not going to be a walk on he's going to be a scholarship court. like he's worth having a scholarship um that's not a thing like no I mean I don't know. you guys talk you guys get asked about this too right Chris
0: I don't think we've ever had that question on the star uh, really star yeah maybe we'll throw it at drugs. it and comes up we, a lot
1: like people like this happened a lot during the um when USC was going through sanctions so this was before your time covering USC so they had 10 scholarships down they're like oh could he be a water polo player and like so we had to go into the research of all of this stuff like so say you came in and you had a scholarship from another sport like you'd had to play that sport for like two years and then you could play on the football team like football team trumps everything so if you play football and bat like even basketball like you're going to count as a football player like So the only way you don't, I think you have to go to play the other sport for like two years on scholarship. And then I think you could play football without counting. Um, But no, this is, I think you're trying to like figure out the system, but just, that's not a thing. Like, no, I've never talked to anyone that would, like, yeah, that's what they would do. Like they're not gonna be a walk on. So they would give some other scholarship. So this is, uh, yeah, no, I'll just say no. (laughs) I think they'd rather spend that money on their teammates. Yeah, like, like he could buying them right beats or watches or whatever. But there, that's not one thing you're going to sacrifice because there there's privileges that come with being a scholarship athlete, right. and you don't want to give those up. I believe all your
0: food is paid for. Yeah, you, get, that, you get all the the room and board and
1: stuff. So yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go. Ralph in Arizona had three questions. Uh, which recruits, Port Hole or high school, do we expect to enroll early? What high school that's, recruits? Yeah, that's a. There's a. We I don't think we know all of them. There'll be some. I'll give you three. Okay. Tackett Curtis, Quentin Joyner.
0: Oh God, I had a third one.
1: Malachi Nelson. <laughs> okay, there's three. But check. We'll have a lot more detailed stuff up on the site. Uh, it's probably more detailed than what we'd have on this podcast. Um, and he was asking about the ball. Pra- what's up with the ball practices? Hopefully, head coach Lincoln Riley doesn't uh, subscribe to the fresh legs theory. Uh, they're practicing, right. They're practicing. And he, he mentioned the leech memorial service, which I, that might be today if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, so I think Lincoln, I, I don't know for sure. My guess is Lincoln Riley would pr- go back for that. There could be some other, you know, there's staff members that are really Several close coaches. Dennis, yeah, yeah. Um, so Dennis and yeah, so yeah, so there might be something like that, but they're, they're like we said, they're not going to skimp on ball practices. And then, uh, he wants to know when we're gonna know about potential opt-outs. Um Well, some have declared that that you won't know until after the bowl game. Like Thule, Justin Diedich, but I mean, uh, opt I mean, opt outs. Maybe opt-outs of the game, which I don't think we've heard of any at this point.
0: Not heard of any. Yeah, we know Thule's playing and I think the only ones you're Caleb really Williams said he's gonna play, you know. Yeah, like... I think the only ones you're really looking for, Andrew Voorhees and I'm blanking, help me, Jordan Addison. Those okay. are the two real ones you're really looking at. It felt like Jordan Addison
1: felt was, like it was, was
0: going to be given to us in the media the last time. Yeah. So that's a good sign that he intends to play. And then Andrew Warriors is one that's up in the air. We'll have to see based on his like injury.
1: Yeah. And then one last one. John in Oakland wanted to know uh, that – the um, There's a lawsuit going on that USC, the Pac-12, and the NCAA are involved in where they're calling uh, athletes, employees of the university. I don't know much about this. Do you know much about it, Chris? Um, I've got a bunch of other things I've had to focus on. Then yeah. Read through that. Not not our area of expertise, but uh, you know, follow along. There's going to be uh, sports business people that are going to be kind of um, covering that and everything. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and uh, Joshua says... The the Leach Memorial is today, um, so according to Austin the piece. So we have some uh, YouTube ones. We can rapid fire these if sure. that's okay. Uh, first up, we got uh, Eddie. After the largest and soon to be um, TP players, does the state of Oklahoma hate USC now? Oh, transfer portal players. After the latest, I'm sorry. God, uh, yeah, it's been I think a long get, after the latest. So they're going to get them Mason united. Up they're going to both hate united USC united on that that Oklahoma front. Uh yeah, it it depends sometimes. You know, the player goes in the portal, it wasn't like for Caleb Williams it was obvious that he was going to follow Lincoln Riley, but when, you know, Mason Cobb went in the portal, it's sort of like I don't think USC was, you know, the clear leader or anything like that. So I there might probably less hatred than there was when Caleb and Mario Williams came. Uh AJ uh if that's the case about playing with a Heisman Trophy winner, how come the offensive line and the transfer portal aren't coming? Uh, looks like Francis Magoa doesn't want to either. Uh, Those Miami bags are heavy, boys. There's some heavy bags. I, that's all I got to tell you. And linemen are definitely harder. Like, there's less linemen. There's um, so much more competition for linemen. Yes. So, but, yeah, I mean, it
0: they have to win some. They right. have to win some of those battles. That's I mean that's all I really can say. I think they will win a couple. You know, they're they're a finalist for Dylan Wade, the the number 2 offensive tackle in the portal, you know, played at Tulsa starting left tackle there. Uh uh Zach Hansen uh recruited him in the 2020 class, so there's a big connection there. So yeah. We'll have to see. That one probably will be decided within span of a week. So, gotta cross your fingers on that, and that USC's just doing their recruiting on that one. So, yep, gotta be a little more patient on offensive line because a lot of them don't go in the portal, and especially ones that they need, which is experienced uh, uh, linemen. You want a starting tackle, basically. You want a starting yeah. tackle, starting guard, those kind of guys get scooped up quick. So, just gotta hope that USC's. Uh,
1: yeah. Last year, Henson wasn't involved. He wasn't around. He wasn't hired until after the big window. So at least he's there now, and they have a chance. Blackie Chan, uh, does the pickup of Cobb cause any issues with Tackett Curtis? His -hmm. uncle, like, tweeted something or something like that. No. You don't think it causes a problem? No. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. Uh, Scott, does Caleb remember Chris as his swim coach? Let me put that picture up there for you guys. Um. Does Caleb yes, remember we, this? Chris? We talked about it. We, we talked about it. Nice. Yeah. So he remembers. Yes. Does he remember your coaching techniques? Probably not. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, let's go to Bill. Uh, what about foreman and that other line linebacker from the portal who was injured and in the DB from Modern Day last year? Um. And Davis. Uh he linebacker who never plays. Okay, so he's trying to name a kind of barely like name some people that he has heard okay, of. Oh, well, I've got Rajon Davis. <laughs> Rajon Davis. He's talking about. Are you uh, saying people leaving? Is he, I think he's talking about potential portal. Um, well, can you like, read the question again? So Corey Foreman. Do we think he's going to the portal? I don't think he's going to the portal. Is that who he's referring to? He said, "What about Foreman?" Oh, and the other linebacker from the portal who was injured. So. Uh, probably, uh, um, Romello Height. Oh, maybe he's talking about him. I uh, like the, I don't like this game. Uh, Damani Jackson, that and Ray Davis. Do you think any of those guys are going? I don't think those guys are going to the portal, but as of right now, I don't think any of those guys are going to yeah. the portal. I think that's what. So, Bill, just maybe be a little more clear so we don't have to like decipher who these players that you're talking about are. Like, you can you have time to put a comment in, like Google their names, and we'll just put it in there. And we'll uh so make sure we're you're, we're talking about who you were talking about. And then Ruben uh, says, probability of Caleb starting the Cotton Bowl, should he play or is it Miller time? If he's healthy, I think he should play. Yeah, Obviously. I think so too. There's some, think some people that is- like, oh, you shouldn't play or blah, blah, blah. Like, he said he wants to play. He said he's healthy. I think you're going to see him play.
0: I think we're going to see him play.
1: Yeah, um, which is good. Okay, well, I think that's going to... Uh, wrap this one up coming up a little bit. If you're just going to be online, you want to like, you want to hear some PAC 12 stuff. Uh, I will be live at one 30. If you're watching this live, uh, on Tuesday with David Woods in this very studio, we're going to do the podcast of champions, the PAC 12 one. we got to recap a couple of bowl games, the Las Vegas bowl and the LA bowl, and then preview the five remaining PAC 12 games, including the cotton bowl with USC and Tulane. And then, Tomorrow on this very channel on YouTube and, of course, on the podcast channels, wherever you listen to it, the Paracel Podcast, Chris and Gerard will be live at 6 p.m. on Wednesday, December 21st, first day of signing day, the first ever Cilantro Boys live. Uh, Terrifying. Chris is nervous. It'll be fine. You'll you'll crush it. It'll be great. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, If you're not a member over at uscfootball.com, remember 50% off. You can go over and get that. It's amazing. And you can get the Paramount Plus stuff for free. That's $120 value. Come on. Jump in there and get that. This is when you want to be a member. You want to be a member all the time. But right now, and if you happen to be a monthly member of USAFootball.com, you can upgrade uh, to annual for half the price. So go in there, jump on that. It's a great deal. Uh, with Thanks to everyone that's been, I mean, we've grown so much, so many new members. Uh, it's awesome. We love it, but it allows us to do stuff like this. Um, you know, if you don't see things like this with other uh, websites out there, it's the reason why we you know, we've grown a lot, and we want to reinvest in the site and do cool stuff like this for you guys. So, thank you uh, for you know being a part of it. Thank you for allowing us to kind of keep growing and growing, and uh, you know bring you more content, better content, more inside information, all that kind of fun stuff. Chris, you Ryan, ready? you ready? I'm ready. i got things to write. Things to do. Uh, But for Chris Trevino, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is
0: unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business.